You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. To in Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast, dedicated to destiny and its community. Today's show, episode 26. Is that some iron in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Here are your hosts, Jorge and David. On today's show, Bungie's Crucible Ride Along lacked content. We go over Challenge of Elders and a review of the arena. June 9th is the date where our future takes shape. And we take questions from you, the fans, in our segment, Messages from the Reef. We have many in this great Destiny community that go through many things in their lives. As a cancer survivor, I know that without donations to great groups that provide support, research, and care, I would not be here for today, for better or for worse, to provide this show. Back in 2009, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and thankfully, I am now in remission and healthy. I would like to collect funds to help the Leukemia and Lymphoma uh, Society. And in the coming weeks, I'll put out the word on how to donate. But I recommend everyone visit www.lls.org to learn about blood cancers that involve the very young to the very old among us. All right, so let's go ahead and move into our first topic, Crucible Rideron and the Iron Banner. The last ride-along announced was the Crucible ride-along, and for what people were expecting, it, it really wasn't there. It was very lackluster. It didn't show much of what we didn't know. Uh, Jorge, pretend I've never seen the ride-along. What, what were your summary for the whole thing? The summary is there's nothing. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate that they didn't take the time to really talk about Points on the map where, where people die, um, specific things with regards to why they did this, why they did that. They spent a lot of time talking about Rusted Lands and how that was their first map and how it started off as a Vex map with Vex things um, in it. And that's cool and all, but at a certain point, the people who are watching this show aren't watching it to know I mean, they are, they, they kind of are interested in the artistic direction of a specific map, but they also want to know the lore behind it. They also want to know actual crucible stats, where people should be going, where people have been going. Uh, the only time that they really talked about a specific path is when you're coming from the one side behind the building, I believe that's A, uh, where you can run up the little ramp, jump into the hole, and go towards B. Uh, but other than that, there's no real 
stats on where people could go, just like recommendations saying, well, when we designed this map, we in we intended for people to go here or this and that. And on top of that, they didn't do that many maps. Uh, and they really didn't utilize that dev kit the way I thought they would. Um, the one thing I have noticed with all of these Vidocs is for as much as we want them to be very detailed and um, spit out stats, spit out lore, they're kind of luck, luck, very lackluster. I can't speak. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're very lackluster and kind of disappointing. Uh, when when Bungie does their not Bungie, I'm sorry. When Blizzard does their Vidoc save for Overwatch or for other games in the series, they give a lot of numbers that people are looking for. These are, these are important stats that help people improve their game. And the only thing I can think of with these Vidocs is, and this is not a knock on Deej, I think he's a great showman and, and I think he, he has a great personality, but it might not be the best for him to be doing some of these Vidocs, maybe give it to somebody else in the community who would raise more important questions. Uh, one of the coolest things that I think that would have been um, possible for a Vidoc like this would have been, say, if the guys from Crucible Radio jumped in with a couple of the guys from Crucible and did a Vidoc for Bungie, where they ask very in-depth questions using that very same engine that they're talking about that, that was there so that they can go to specific locations. Um, they were using the doubles format, where it was the two-on-two, -two, where it, it was cool, but at a certain point, like, free roam the map, not so much like anyone, everyone against each other so you can show the effects of range or, or where range drops off at a, at a certain point on these maps. Just a little bit more details that impact us rather than you know just spitting out numbers like my feeling when i put this tower here was that i had a bologna sandwich well good for you that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't like answer the questions that i'm looking for right i think people were looking more of how the map plays with players on it not how we felt when we designed it and i think people were also looking for more of meta talk kind of because right. i know there's big talk about that being part of it and it didn't really seem like they ever even brought up meta talk or guns i honestly there was a crucible radio episode a, a while ago where they interviewed john wesniewski and that was way better crucible ride along talk than it seems like there was during this one that was in december right sometime along there yeah it was along that time and they basically went in depth on it was two parts, like two episodes taken up with this interview, and it went in depth on a bunch of different guns, how they balance the guns, what the stats really mean behind these guns. Like seeing those type of things would have been cool. Like you said, like showing how range works. If you'd put someone on a, a far distance and then be like, all right, let's take a shot with this with a hand cannon. All right, now let's take a shot with a scout and show you how distance is supposed to work. Now let's show you how up close the distance works and how the cones work and that type of thing is more in-depth and would probably have been more entertaining. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I kind of expected in this ride-along would have been... Because I know that Bungie has this in their toolkit, where when you shoot, like the, there'll be a streak of light or whatever from the gun that stays there that shows like, okay, this is uh, this is how the the shotgun actually fires in real time. And the lights that are currently there, like that is what the, the projectiles are and that's how they, they spread out. Like something along those lines where, where you're showing really in-depth information by it, it might put somebody who's really really good to that next level because now they're understanding it more visually. Uh, the the Crucible Ride Along podcast that we we're talking about, you have a chance go back and look at the uh, the stuff for Crucible Radio podcast where they where they go in depth. It's it's like a two part episode, but it's really really fascinating for people who are fans of Crucible to really kind of see where they're going with certain things, why they're I mean, especially now with the balance, how how it's changed since then. Um, where and you see, seeing... sorry, I was gonna say just to add on a quick little tidbit. That was when uh, John Wisniewski said that fusion rifles are the true king, and that the numbers support it, but no one knew. The numbers support it, support it internally. I, I I think there's still something that needs to be changed with regards to that, but but that's for another episode. Um, but yeah, I just think that with regards to the cru- with not just the crucible one, but with all Vidox, they need to take that extra step. Uh, do you, did you see the, uh, um, you saw the, the, the one for the raid, right? Yeah. That one was, they, 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 they rushed through it. It felt the, like they were rushing through everything. That's the thing is with, with these ride alongs that they've done, they basically are like, all right, we're going to do this in an hour. And then they hype them wrong, I feel like. Like, everybody with the raid would have loved to see them, like, go off into the basketball room. Or, like, have it set up so they didn't even have to do it to get into there, but just be in there to be like, oh, here's this. It's this really cool thing that you guys all found. Here's why we did it. Here's what it does. Here's what we intended for you to do in here, just as a little Easter egg. With the Crucible thing, they hyped it to be like they were going to go in-depth about the Crucible. But what really happened is they went in depth about how they made one map, which is more not the way they hyped it. I guess they they didn't say this is a how we designed one map ride along. This they said this is a crucible ride along. And when you think crucible, you don't think oh how they designed this one map. They think how do these maps get played by players? How did you intend for us to use these lanes? How do the guns affect the map? How do different game modes affect each map? And I just feel like they either need to hype these differently, make them longer. Like there's just something they need to do to make these ride-alongs just a little bit better. I just think that they need to get a more appropriate host for each topic. Um, And and again, that's not a knock on Deej. I think Deej is a fantastic personality and he does great for when they're announcing new things. But when they, when we're talking about more specific things, like I, if, if I'm not saying I'm the perfect host, but if I were there for, say, the raid, I would have been like, okay, uh, I see what you're doing here with regards to lore. Can you please talk more about this? Can you talk about why this specific tablet of ruin is right here in this room? Why do they put it here with Golgoroth? Like, how does this tie into Golgoroth? 
Um, I, I know that you mentioned that the, that this is the bank of, of light for the, for the hive. Can you go in more into depth of what do they do with the light, blah, 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 this and that? Well, that's why the streams last summer were so much better because they had a community person there who had questions and was able to ask the things everybody in the community wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, before we move on from Crucible-related stuff, let's talk real quick on Iron Banner. Uh, what do you think of this past Iron Banner, Jorge? You know, it, it's cool that Iron Banner exists um, for the rewards that are in it. But let me tell you, I pretty much forced myself to do Iron Banner. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's a terrible game mode, but it, all it really is is just control next level. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean... It, and for some people, that's cool, and it's enough to bring people or to have stop people playing, say, Overwatch for a moment to go into Iron Banner and get some rewards. I just think that it's kind of overhyped for no reason. It, 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 there's nothing special about Iron Banner, and for the first time in a long... Especially now, Iron Banner has outlived its usefulness. Um... I wouldn't say it's outlived its usefulness per se, because it is kind of that, that monthly thing that um, brings people in. But I do think they need variation with it. Like alternating, like I know people said they should do like, it's been presented before anyway, that they should do like every two weeks is an Iron Banner and a Sparrow Racing League, Iron Banner, Sparrow Racing. I think if they did like every other month is one of them. So you have one month Iron Banner, one month Sparrow Racing League. That keeps the two events from getting dry and it keeps that monthly event that people are excited for coming back that has good rewards. But this past time, I was the same way as you. Like Iron Banner was just like, all right, I'm going to go get my rewards. But it wasn't anything like it used to be where it was like, all right, Iron Banner, let's get pumped. Let's play with the team of six all day, every day. It's just, it's losing what it had. And part of that for me is because they have like a five map rotation during it. Yeah, it was really, really weird. Like, not not too long. The Iron Banners were nonstop Cathedral of Dusk. I didn't get it a single time. This and I know for some people that's like, thank God. <laughs> but I was just surprised that we didn't even get that map at a specific point. I was just like, where's Cathedral of Dusk? I, I would like it at least once. Like I need some variation, and it, it it was the biggest maps that I kept seeing over and over and over again. Um, the one on the, the new one on Mercury, I forget what it's Vertigo. called. Vertigo, Rusted Lands, and it was in between, and uh, the other ones on Earth, and Twilight Gap, and then Dungeons was in there a fair amount too. I re- I barely got Dungeons, really. See, but the, but anyway, those are the only four I could think of that I really played during Iron Banner. Yeah, it, it was it was all it was the three Earth maps nonstop. Occasionally, Pantheon. That one slips in there occasionally. Right. I got Twilight Blue. I got Exodus uh, I mean, Blue. <laughs> Exodus, uh, Twilight Gap, Exodus Blue, and Rusted Lands. Heavy rotation on between those three. Vertigo, and occasionally I got uh, Pantheon and Dungeons. Other than that, it was just like don't. And very, very rarely did I get Shores of Time. Yeah, very rarely. I, I was, I was, I'm really upset that they they haven't fixed it. Just like make all the maps available. Just put it so that 
there's a sort of time timer or something on 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 all of these maps um and that there's a little like a little marker on for each individual that says like okay i came in here into twilight gap um and if everybody and if more people have that marker where they have played twilight gap in the past two to three maps then that's an automatic check against that map. It goes to the next available map that people haven't played. Well, this the, the rotation thing just makes me think more and more that they need a voting system like Halo used to have or Call of Duty has for picking maps because just being thrown into random maps, I, there was one point where I got thrown into Vertigo four times in a row. And it's, it's just not entertaining to do that. And it's a shame because... Arm Banner is a great place to get loot, especially now with the new system that I hope they continue uh, going forward. But I'm I'm bored with the with the with with the event. It, there's nothing special about it. It was cool to finally get to play with some people that I haven't played with in a while because they're like, "Oh my god, it's Iron Banner!" It's basically control. Yeah. It's like, but but there's Iron Banner. It's like you got well, seventeen Iron Wreaths. Congratulations. We're just hoping that something will come from the future, you know, that could change Iron Banner. Are you but hinting? I'm. I might be hinting. Oh wow! Yep, we got a few things to talk about before that. Jorge, would you like to speak a word or two on Mash Those Buttons? Mash Those Buttons, the ultimate website for video game snark and commentary by passionate gamers who love gaming of all kinds. From fighting games to shooters to MMOs, we cover the latest and greatest and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. All right, so before we lead into the stuff we're hinting at, um, let's talk about Challenge of Elders. It's been out for quite a few weeks now. We've had a chance to play it, but we've never really had our full reactions to it on the show other than after the first week. So Jorge, Challenge of Elders, your thoughts. What are you thinking? I think it's a, you know what? It's a cool little thing that is unfortunately put into being the ultimate PVE content right now. And it's more of a supplemental thing than anything else. Um, And and I I blame Bungie on that. And, and And the reason I say that is they didn't put out enough PVE stuff in the year because what this should have been should have been something that tied you over to the next big PVE thing, right? And, and I'm what I mean by that is I think it's an awesome little thing. It's very fun for the first few times that you do it, and then at, like when you're done for the week, when you've completed your 90k, you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I, I feel the same way as you. And I feel like um, the only problem with it, if it was supplemental, like a little side thing would be there might not be as many people who want to go do it, but it is fun. And it's just, it's getting the the raw end of the deal because it's, it's put in a time where people wanted more content. And while it is a ton of fun to play, a lot of these modifiers make for good fun and actually some great challenges at times. It's just, and it was released at a bad time for its own well-being, which isn't its fault. It's Bungie's fault for releasing it at a time where people really wanted a lot and got 
a decent amount. They didn't get a lot, but it, it is so far standing up to the test of time. I'm not sure it'll last all 16 weeks. If we don't get anything, but right now people are still going in every week and doing it. It's more enjoyable than the nightfall and honestly more enjoying than iron banner right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I've kind of already stopped doing it. <laughs> and, and and the main reason is I'm looking at my inventory. I have whole I'm going to sound all uppity and stuff, but I have a whole bunch of 335s everything. I mean right now I'm I'm the, the basically the only game I'm playing is for min maxing. And my characters are can go to 335, but most of the time they're at 334 because I'm playing the min max game. Why? Because there's really nothing else to do. Uh, the only thing I can do is the whole tier 12. Right. And, and, and it's, it's cool. And, and, like I've stopped, I've stopped looking for shadow price because I'm just not getting it. I've stopped looking for the other weapons because I'm not getting them. I, I, I think they did a disservice when you couldn't buy those certain weapons. I think they did a disservice that they only come out of Vanguard and Crucible packages. I agree. Uh, just, I, 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 it's cool that they're available, and it's cool that you have a chance of getting it. It's just now you have... It's the same thing that, that I mentioned with Grasp of Malak. The reason it's so desirable is two things. It's the only type of pulse rifle in the game of its type for year two. And it has high aim assist, which means that you're firing a lot of shots and most likely they're going to hit right where you need them to go. Right. And you can't get another pulse rifle of its type in year two. So people are farming the Omnigul Strike nonstop to get nonstop rolls of that. Well, now you have the same thing going on with all these Crucible packages. And yeah, it's fun to, you know, okay, maybe not. It's they're they're doing nonstop farming of uh, public not public event. What is it? The the patrol bounties or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call them. The, the the beacons, or they're grinding out strikes, or they're grinding out stuff. And and at a certain point, like when you're just getting the same thing over and over again, it's just like Bungie. You did so much good with the update, but this I think is a huge misstep. Is what everything they did with this update from challenge of elders to the old guns being in the Vanguard and crucible packages was their way of getting people to go back to old content and grind it, which it worked. But now we're hitting the point where what almost two months later now is that what it is a little over two months later. And we're getting, Damn, to, it is almost two yeah. months later. And we're getting to the point where the grind is no longer as enjoyable, which we knew was going to happen. We didn't know how long it was going to take, but our answer is two months. And it's because people have hit 335. A lot of people have been able to min-max successfully. A lot of people have the guns they wanted because of how much people play this game. And that's where you need something like a raid that has a little more content to it to keep it going or more fluctuating events. If it had been SRL this past month instead of Iron Banner, everybody would have flocked to it because it's something we haven't had in a while. And now Bungie needs to bring in something they haven't had for a while, which could potentially be revealed on June 9th. Oh, is that a segue? It is a segue because on June 9th, we have our new Vidoc and it is a reveal stream. 
They have not said exactly what it is for yet, but because it was trademarked on May 30th, we can assume Rise of Iron. Oh. 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 It's new <laughs> content. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So the unfortunate thing is we don't know when new content is coming yet. We're going to assume September. But I mean, we'll find it. We'll find out more June 9th, which we'll have loads to talk about after that. Hopefully, if they do this stream successfully, how much you think they're revealing on June 9th, though? You know, the, the fact that all of these Vidocs have been about an hour makes me believe that this is going to be an hour event. But here's the thing like, there has to be a reason why they're doing it June 9th. Right. And what, what I mean by that is, okay, the biggest event of the year for video games is literally around the corner from June 9th. Almost a week and a half later, everybody's going to be at E3. So why are you releasing the information for Rise of Iron on June 9th? It make, I mean, you, you, you're not going to put out something on june 9th and then repeat the same thing at e3 that would just be asinine then again this is activision that we're talking about so nothing's out of the realm of possibility plus they don't have an actual booth at e3 right so it makes me think that two things are happening they're revealing the entire rise of iron on june 9th they'll show a video they'll show some game modes They'll show something of substance to get people hooked and get excited for September. In addition to that, they're going to reveal Destiny 2 there. That's, uh, just, that, that's just what I think, yeah. Well, okay, so I think there are two possibilities. I think what you're saying is a high possibility. The only reason why that's iffy to me, well, two reasons why that's iffy to me. One, Anytime they've revealed new content before, they've split it up into three or four streams. And they've been like, oh, here's the Crucible stream for what's coming. Here's the uh, PVE. Here's the equipment or whatever you're going to earn stream. And it's it's funny to me that they wouldn't do something like that, that they just kind of be like, here's the stream to reveal it. And instead of like, they're not doing a teaser trailer. They said they're doing a stream, which means they need to talk about something for an hour. So unless they're going to talk about the lore of what's coming or something, there's going to be some type of content they're revealing. Okay, so say they reveal that content. Now you have E3. If they reveal Destiny 2, and Destiny 2 looks amazing, and the stuff they reveal on June 9th for Rise of Iron just looks like an extension of the same game, and it costs money, I feel like they're hurting themselves because people will be like, oh, I'll just wait for Destiny 2 because this looks like it's going to be the same old thing. I'm going to get bored after it a few months and then I'll just spend my money on Destiny 2. I, Which think, is, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just no, going to say, ahead. I think that they're going to do the same. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go into a completely different genre here. <laughs> but do you remember a couple E3s ago when they revealed... Um, Oh, what was it? It was Kingdom Hearts, like, I think it was 2.5 or something like that. I remember the reveal, but I don't know much about it. The, the reason I say that is because they, they went into to, to, to detail about the uh, the the remake, 2.5, new, new stuff, this and that. And at the end, there was like a video for Kingdom Hearts 3. 
So, like, you didn't neutralize what happened with 2.5, but at the same time, you got people excited for 3. Which is what I always thought they would do. Like, I always thought they'd, like, at E3 be like, boom, trailer for Rise of Iron, talk about Rise of Iron a little bit, and at the very end, show, like, one little frame of some type of enemy and then put, like, Destiny 2 over it. Right. But this, I don't know, it's, it's weird to me. I almost feel like they may, they said next content. They didn't say your big content release in fall. So, no, they didn't. So maybe, maybe June 9th is like, hey, in the next two months, we're going to give you Sparrow Racing League, an update to this, an update to this, and then still do Rise of Iron at E3. And then save Destiny 2. I don't know. It's, it's just weird timing to me is the only thing. By the way, did you notice the, the image that they used for the uh, the TWAB? The week, this week at Bungie, by the way, in case people don't know what I'm talking about. You mean the three people standing in Iron Banner gear? Yeah. Yeah, which kind of points more at the fact that this Rise of Iron release may also affect Iron Banner. Right. I mean, it, you could easily say is like, well, Iron Banner just happened, but the fact that they're looking towards the, quote, it's the pictures like, Looking towards the future, these guardians are while wearing all decked out and you know while they're all decked out in Iron Banner gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean I uh, Iron Banner needs an update, so <laughs> it'd be welcome <laughs> if this does affect Iron Banner in some way. Yeah, I, I think the future bodes well. I I, on, I honestly believe we're going to get some sort of mention of Destiny 2 or whatever that's called at E3 just because they've already mentioned that it exists. Right. So E3 is all about games that are coming out in the future, not necessarily this year. It's it's a it's a hype show for your retailers, your GameStops, or whatever. I know people think it's like, oh, well, this is catered to me. Oh, E3. No, it's not for you. <laughs> it's for people making money. Right. So. Yeah. And uh, so I looked, I just brought up the weekly update, and exactly what they said was, this week at Bungie, we're preparing to reveal your next adventure. You're invited to learn all about the next threat that you'll confront as Guardians. Save the date. Follow our channel. This will be your first glimpse at what awaits you later on this year, followed by a deeper dive with the development team. So I guess that does kind of talk like it's the thing coming in the fall. Because they say later this year. They don't say next month. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the timing thing. I, I understand what you're saying with they, they want to hype up games of the future. So maybe that's what they do want to do. Maybe this is their solution to, um, oh, well, we need a time to hype Destiny 2. Let's not waste E3 on an expansion. Right. But I don't know the timing, man. What well, timing gets me. Do you not like it being at E3 when they announce this? or No, see, I'm okay with E3. Uh, wait. I don't understand the question. Are you saying, do I not like them announcing something not at E3, or do I not like them announcing Destiny 2 at E3? No, so I know a lot of people actually have a, and this surprised me, I know that there's a lot of people who are actually having a problem with the fact that 
it is not being announced or that they're announcing it on the 9th before E3. Well, that's I have a problem with that because it basically is like taking whatever they reveal on the 9th, if what they reveal on E3 is better, then it takes away the hype from what is revealed on the 9th. And then everybody focuses on what's revealed at E3. And it could also be like, here's what you're getting in the fall for this next expansion. And then they reveal Destiny 2 at E3 and say they revealed a decent amount. And then people are like, well, that doesn't look much better than the expansion. And that was supposed to save the series. I don't know. There's, there's multiple ways this could go. And I just feel like putting these two things so close together is so bad for it. We'll see. It's coming around the corner. It is. Uh, I don't know. What What do you think? What do you think they're revealing June 9th? We'll We'll finish this topic off with that. June 9th, what do you think they're revealing? How much do you think they're revealing? I think it starts off with a video or with... with you know what would be funny? If it starts off with Deej dressed as Lord Saladin. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, it either starts off with a video or Deej introducing a video. Um, kind of like what they did for uh, Taken King. Where some sort of threat is walking in and then you realize the magnitude of the threat and what it means for the city or, and, and, and it introduces who the quest giver will be like, even though technically the entire uh, Vanguard plus Eris was the main quest giver. Like, I think it's safe to say that the major player was Eris with regards to the Taken King storyline, kind of like what she was for um, The Dark Below. Right. So I think in some way, shape, or form, you're going to hear Lord Saladin talk in this video, and he's going to go into detail about, like, get ready, the the greatest challenge to the Iron Banner is coming, Guardian. No rest for the weary. Or... (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I I mean, I think we're going to see a gameplay gameplay trailer, definitely. Um, possibly a cinematic trailer, but I'd lean more towards gameplay. If they want to hype people up, they'll put new guns in that trailer. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to um, a deeper dive with the development team, I'm hoping that talks a little bit on the lore because they're now taking something I mean, maybe they're not, but it seems like they're taking something entirely PvP and making it PvE as well. So it's going to be interesting for lore. I know a lot of people who are lore nuts have already been going into this. Like, who who are the Iron Lords? Who are the Iron Wolves? What does this mean for us? Where is this gap in the city? What's going on? Is the city going to be attacked? Actually, now that you're talking about that, I kind of want to talk about lore. Because I did hear it on the... uh, the fire team chat podcast where they, they were talking about lore. And we all know the fiasco that was uh, Destiny Vanilla, and we know why it was such a fiasco. Do you believe that the. And, and okay, let me, let, me, <laughs> let me slow down. So, Vanilla was a fiasco. Yep. Um, the Dark Below, slightly better, but still not up to Bungie's standards that they set with um, 
Halo. House of Wolves, a much better experience with regards to story, but it still is suffering because of stuff that happened with Vanilla. And it, and and everything involving Skolas, it started off really, really good, and you were like, this is going to be an epic encounter, and then you get to the final boss battle of the story, and you're just like, that was dumb. <laughs> so, Taken King definitely took the next step. They had quests, they had things going on, and it had a clear and present threat like um, Dark Below and House of Wolves. It just took it up to the next level. But even then, they recycled a lot of the stuff from Vanilla to tell the story. And even then, even there, like a lot of these quests didn't make sense lore-wise. It, it, it seemed a little over the uh, all over the place. I keep going back to it. There's no reason why you, in the story, you've beaten Atheon, the Times Conflux. You go back to the Vault of Glass. And then they send you back into the Vault of Glass to kill Atheon. Yeah, I mean, they need new new areas is basically, I think, what you're getting at. Because the recycling is getting old. And if they're doing it, if they're being smart and they have had the time to do it, then we'll have at least two new areas. Because there's sending you, like, Taken King War, or Taken War on Earth, Mars, and Venus was literally just like, go to these planets you've already been to and shoot new enemies. It's They need more than that to keep, to make this content better, they need more than that. Yeah, because in, in Taken King, they only added an area to Earth. Like all the other, there's, there's no additional, like, and the added area was the, the Devil's Spire. That was it. There was, there was no additional areas added to the game. Well, they did add the Dreadnought. You can't get that uh, well, one out. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I meant more for the old old areas. I'm sorry. Right. Let me, let me specify. They only added something to Earth with regards to the old areas. Because the only other change that they did to the world was a one mission in Tharsis Junction on Mars. But all they did was just connect the the Black Garden, and the end of Tharsis Junction. Right. So they put a hole in the wall, added a couple effects, and then bam, you're in the, the Black Garden. Yeah, they need to add instead of reuse. That's, that's for sure. And I kind of want them to keep that area available for patrol. The only time you can go in to the Black Garden through that area is in the story mission. There's a lot of things that I want them to go back and add. Like I, I've mentioned this, I know before, and I and I keep talking about, it, but I think it's really important. Just the the modifications that they did to Burning Shrine, Pantheon, and um, I forget the one on Mars for for the Stormcaller, but for for the new subclash missions, I think it was really cool, and it'd be kind of cool to do a PvP match in the middle of a lightning storm. Not that the lightning storm effects have to, you know, happen on on the on on the map, but it'd be cool to kind of mess with your, you know, anything that messes with you that doesn't give you a clear shot. Like all of a sudden, there's lightning behind the character and kind kind of throw you off. Will force different guns to come out. And, it, and it's kind of cool to change the effects once in a while outside of day and night 
or or like dusk and dawn or whatever. Just well, something if different. They added rain or something. Even that just adds a little bit, a little bit of an aspect to it. When they added rain, they added rain in Skyrim, which was a game that came out forever ago. It would randomly rain. Or in Battlefield, they had maps where it would rain. Imagine it, like doing something like that, and it makes your vision less or something like that. Right. Just little things like that could make things more exciting. I agree. Yeah. So obviously, we are looking forward to a lot with Rise of Iron. Um, we can't even voice all of our own opinions. We're just sitting here like, man, what do we want? We don't even know what we want. I want more <laughs> videos. I want, we want more, more everything. <laughs> I want more lore in the game. Just uh, yes. let's put the stuff from the Grimoire cards in the game or let us view it in game. Just like, even if you have to go on YouTube, if I'm Bungie, I'm going on YouTube to pull these videos or talk to the content creators like Bife would be more than happy, and I'm sure he would squeal like a little girl if you were to go like, yo, Bife, cool video for what you did for uh, for uh, the, the stuff with with Oryx and his sisters. We want to take that and put it in-game to, to so that there's a visual representation of that Grimoire cards or Grimoire cards. And Bife would be like, oh, yes, take it, take it, take it, because, you know, Bife would be so excited. Like, oh my god, Senpai notices me. Senpai notices me. All right. <laughs> no, but but like an, another thing too that I want them to do, and this is this seems smaller, but it's very, very important. I want them to reorganize the Grimoire card so that it it it, it like there's all these different things that go all over the place. In terms of where where you can read about them, but they right. all involve say, I don't know, vault of glass. Like put oh. all like make it so that you, if you wanted to read only about the vault of glass, there's like a search function or a filter that filters all the cards specific to vault of glass, and you can go step by step. Saying. Because there's stuff like the uh, the story of Shin Malfor and Dragon Yor, where it's split up against all these different cards spread yep. out through everywhere and you just want to be like here's this here is the story put in order for me exactly yeah no they do and a part of that would be helped if they brought it in game absolutely yeah all right so with that we will move on to our next topic messages from the reef we only have a few questions but they are all focused on rise of iron so it's kind of continuing the topic but let's do this the first question from Dorian. Is this Jorgensen? It is. Oh, look at that. Fancy last name. Any hints at Osiris making an appearance? Uh, if it had been Vex themed or, or heavily involved the Vex, I would have said yes in an instant. The fact that it is it seems to be anyway more fallen theme and there's always the potential of vex to show up no matter what just because vex just show up for no good reason um but the fact that it seems more iron banner related leads me to believe that they're saving osiris for destiny 2 i agree e3 e3 will tell you if osiris will make an appearance in the near future all right so the next question chris parker 
What are the two biggest peer additions, not tweaks or changes, but peer new things that you want to see come with the new expansion? An example, another PvP mode, a new type of weapon, new raid, etc. Uh, making me think. I mean, raid is, is given, so I'm not going to even use that one. Um, weapon type. Do we really need a new weapon type, or, or or do we just need? I don't know. Maybe maybe new weapons from the, like the foundries, like snipers from ones that don't have snipers, or something like that. You know what I want to see? Just more weapons that you can pick up in game. Like you, you obviously have your weapons that you you equip, but what I mean by that is, scorch cannon was a cool little thing. But it was only available in small doses. Um, and even the sword for the 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 ascendant sword, like it had its its few little moments. It was in the mission for the sword of Crota. But then after that, outside of the raid, you don't really use it. Um, and I kinda wanna I I'm not saying that you're going to be using that giant axe that Lord Saladin's wielding. But I kind of want them to use a, a, a an axe that is in game or or something something that you pick up and and you can use and it doesn't run out like the the whole thing that annoyed like me the about scorch cannons scorch cannon had ten giant shots and then boom it disappeared or the or the ascended sword like after a certain amount of time it was just gone like I want them to make missions that involve you taking the weapon or whatever from one end to the other and there'd be a reason for them. Um and then as I mentioned just and it's not really a a I don't know if this qualifies as as a tweak or change or an addition, but as I mentioned bringing in the stuff from the grimoire in game as viewable lore make a guy, a lore master in the tower whose specific job is to inform you about the history of the city and the tower. A historian? What? It's so, so crazy. I, I mean, but, but like, seriously, like, there's a city and like, I see it every single time I go to the tower. I couldn't give a flying fig about any of the 100,000 people that live down there. Why? I don't know any of them and I don't care. <laughs> because because it's all in the all in the grimoire cards and yes I have read most of them but I'm not gonna lie it, it, I didn't read all of it I don't have I don't have the desire to go in there and it's so unorganized and it's it's a shame because it's a great story the only thing I did read from beginning to end is the book of sorrow because it was a very very good story it's worth it it was ah so good. And 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 let me tell you, the second Salathun is one of our bad guys. Oh my god, I am scared for my life because that, like, if you were to give Psychomantis the power of Oryx, like that is scary. Knowing that that sucker can go into your mind and trick, like, it's it's the it's she is the Destiny version of Loki. That is scary. Wait, you want to know what the best part about Book of Sorrows was? The fact that it was all together and you could just read it from beginning to end. Right. <laughs> yeah, they had its own its own section, Book of Sorrows. Exactly what you're asking for with the other stuff. It was there for that and it was great. 
Plus, it's it, like, <laughs> I know we're, we're kind of jumping back to what we were talking about, but let me tell you, one of the coolest characters is Tolan the Shattered. He's, he was in the fire team that went and defeated Crota, but before he could, you know, be destroyed, he teleported his soul back to the Ascendant Realm, and all, this, all the, the five died except for Eris Morn, or supposedly died. Well, Tolan is, is confirmed to be alive, and he points his finger at you. He's like, how could you not take the power? Like, th- this is, he was watching everything that happened in the Oryx fight. He saw you destroy Oryx, and he's like, why did you not take the power? He's right there. Just take it. Like, there must be someone to lead the hive. Take the power. He's jealous. He's he, obviously jealous, and, and, and oh, I, I want that in-game. Just. I think Tolan will be the first Guardian that we verse in story. Right. You know what? There is an addition I want them to add in, in the game. I want them to put story or some sort of like video or whatnot in the raid the first time you do it or or you have the oh, option like cutscenes like cutscenes like make it so that the the first time you do the raid there's cutscenes and and you're watching it and stuff and I know that that'll upset some people that that love speed running especially the first time but like give us more of an explanation as to why we're doing the stuff that we're doing cuz until the 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 raid ride along a couple weeks ago, I didn't know anything about what was going on the raid. I knew yeah. nothing, so like I want to see that in game, and I um, that would help. We answered this. We we took a long time to answer this question. I'm sorry, but the like the more I thought about it, it's like the more I wanted to throw into the answer. Do you know what the best part is? What's up? I haven't answered it yet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, my thing's simple though. I simply, I want a new rate and I want multiple new PVP modes because we need some variation there. Well, what do you want in PVP? I just want variation. Like, give me something. I want, I want capture the flag. That's what I want. If I could get one game mode right now, it'd be capture the flag. Cause Rift is tons of fun, but it's, it's just not classic. It's a new game mode. I want capture the flag and I want three V three. And I want Iron Banner to be 3v3. Right? Come on. Come on. Be excited about that. I, do, what, I, I agree. Yeah. They're like, why can't we have Iron Banner be a 6v6 mode and a 3v3 mode? There's some variation in there. There's some more fun. And free-for-all Iron Banner. What? Mm, uh, the, the only re- reason to say no to, to the free-for-all... I want there to be, uh, like for me, Iron Banner and what it represents is you working with a team and you celebrating, I know this sounds weird, but celebrating the the, the sacrifice of the Iron, uh, what is the Iron Lords and the Iron Wolves. Well, okay, but that's what we've made Iron Banner. But Iron Banner is about being the strongest guardians in the Crucible. Right. So I feel like having every every Iron Banner make it, there's a 6v6 game mode, a 3v3 game mode, and free-for-all. No, you're wrong. I think I'm right. You're wrong. Well, I think I'm right. Well, 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 poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cal Grisham wants to know, do we think the stranger will make an appearance? No. No, I don't think so either. I think stranger comes back when Osiris comes back. <laughs> 
Although, comes into it. You know what? I think there's a chance for the stranger to come back, but kind of like the end cutscene of uh, the Taken King, where where Eris comes in and she does her little thing and breaks the sword and and holds the the center thing is like saying, "I will not fail." I could see something where, like, at the end of the story, to like hint at the future of the game. All of a sudden, she shows up and, and she's saying, "They're ready. It's time." Something along along that line. Like I could see the the stranger doing that, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was a cutscene that involved the stranger, because wasn't she on one of the ride-alongs or something like that recently? Or they were talking about her recently? Uh, they might have mentioned her. She wasn't like her voice actor wasn't on the ride-alongs. All right. So that is all the questions we have from Messages for the Wreath for today. So we would like to thank you for listening to In Orbit and let you know we are available on a ton of platforms. So please, please spread the word. We are on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Overcast for iOS. We're on Stitcher Smart Radio, Player FM, and we're on Pocket Casts. And don't forget Google Play Music. I'm sorry. And we have Google Play Music. Yes, forgot about that one. We have... Lots of sister shows for you to check out as well on Mash Those Buttons. We have Double Tap, our bi-weekly fighting game podcast for fans of Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and other fighting games. There's WoW Talk, our bi-weekly podcast dedicated to World of Warcraft, available every other week, opposite of Watchpoint, our bi-weekly podcast dedicated to Overwatch. And of course, We Are in Orbit, your bi-weekly resource dedicated to the Stargazers and Darkness Destroyers, in Bungie's Galaxy. Check us out on Twitter at MTB site, on Facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. Jorge, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at go to NRG on Twitter. Uh, I am Jorge, J O R G E, last name Viaz and Victor, E G U I L L A on Facebook. Uh, one other thing um, that we forgot to mention, this is partially my fault, and I'm sorry. Uh, we also have Sit Rep Radio. That is our division podcast, also available bi-weekly on the Mash Shows Buttons Network. You can take a look at all of the different podcasts that we have on www.mashshowsbuttons.com. All right. And where can and people find you, David? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No underscores, no spaces. And on behalf of Jorge, myself, the rest of the In Orbit team and the Match Those Buttons team, we thank you for listening to our show. Hope you're enjoying all the content available to you right now and content that will be available to available to you and as always we'll see you starside on the next mission later days guardians